Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. And a big thanks to Kusha's Bayou Rouge, who allows us to bring this program your way commercial free. In business over 16 years here in Tallahassee, tabbed best of Tallahassee by Tallahassee Magazine four straight years, Tommy, and six out of the last seven. And I got to set the record straight here. So I married into uh, somebody from New Orleans. Outkicked my coverage, as many of us did. It's not about temperature. Is that where you're going? It, it is, because I think there's a, a misnomer out there that Cajun food means it's hot, and it doesn't. What it means is it's flavorful, and it's doggone good. And trust me, I spent a lot of time, because of said wife, Laura, who is from New Orleans, uh, at Kusha's Bayou Rouge. So I encourage you guys to do the same, and uh, they're open seven days a week, have breakfast uh, Wednesday through Sunday. I get there often with my son, Garrett. You should go as well. Make it a Sunday staple. That's what the uh, FSU football coaching staff has done. Matter of fact, Kusha's caters for the coaching staff uh, every Sunday during this football season. They break down the tape and get set for uh, the next opponent. So, again, thanks to Kusha's. They are on Thomasville Road at, on the west side just past Cary Forest. Now, with that said, here's Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles, Seminole Sunday with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Hello, everybody, and it is a Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. Florida State gets bowl eligible yet again to now own the longest bowl streak in the history of college football, we say uh, hello to you and yours, Tom Block, Keith Jones. And that seems like uh, maybe small consolation given what the goals were when the year started, Keith, but we'll take it. Uh, there's no question. And, and I think the motivating factor behind all of that is part of what we're going to be talking about this entire show, which is uh, the, w- what Florida State is, not who its coach is. Uh, Florida State uh, and Doak Campbell Stadium and the tradition that uh, embodies FSU football is much bigger than any one person uh, and is certainly something that is worth fighting for and continuing to support. And uh, that bowl streak is very, very important within that context. And the kids would outplay rather well, uh, finish the year six and six, become bowl eligible, and uh, and and that's a that's a really, really good and really, really, really big thing. By the time you hear this, you may know Florida State's bowl destination. Uh, as we record it, we do not. We will uh, talk later in the program about the coach search. We'll hear from Athletics Director Stan Wilcox. But the first person we're going to hear from is the interim coach uh, who has the highest winning percentage of any coach in Florida State history right now, history of college football for that matter, uh, because he's never lost, and that's Odell Higgins. Before we hear from him, I, I just want to relay that uh, in the locker room, both before and after the game, you could see the genuine love and care that the players had for Odell. It was raw. And it's real. Uh, He represents uh, everything that is Florida State football in terms of having played here. Uh, He played professionally. Uh, He's coached elsewhere, came back here to coach, but then has been here for however many decades it seems like. Um, He is uh, the embodiment of Florida State football, and I think – the young kids, even though they weren't even around when Odell was on Doak Campbell Stadium, they weren't around when he was playing with the 49ers and with the Bills. Uh, they know who he is because of what he's represented to them while they've been here. And uh, I think that was very, very genuine and very, very real. Yeah, there was excitement in the locker room. I don't want to classify it as a celebration, but they were very proud that this was a team that was 3-6, and six, and at the time they were 3-6, and six, we thought they'd beat Louisiana Monroe, Delaware State, of course. Weren't sure about Florida, but really none of those games were any 
contest. And so the team did get focused. And despite the clutter of this week, played pretty well against Louisiana Monroe. You and I have talked and others that we've visited with mentioned and, and others that I've talked with, uh, players from both my era and, 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 and later on. Um, you know, once you get between the white lines, all the clutter goes away. Uh, we came to Florida State to play football. You play that on a field. And when you're on that field, you're free of all the other burdens. Yeah, it's hard. And yeah, you sweat. And yeah, you can get hurt. And yeah, sometimes you lose. Uh, but between those white lines is, is what uh, football players, uh, that's where they want to spend the majority of their time if they can. And when you're doing that and when you are there, all the other cares of the world are secondary. Uh, so they, they went out on Saturday, uh, for three, three and a half hours, had a real good time, had a real good performance, and I'm sure celebrated in the locker room afterwards and justifiably so. Let's go back to an interview I did with Odell Hagens after the game yesterday. And by the time he got down and uh, I chatted with him, he had already met with the rest of the media for an extended period of time, probably 20 minutes. So, uh, I think he was tapped out, if you will, sort of emotionally spent. Uh, he was much more emotional, uh, demonstrative in speaking to the team, and there was a great rallying behind him. But this is my conversation with Odell Hagens after the win yesterday. Odell Hagens, who uh, bleeds garnet and gold through and through. Everybody that's listening right now has uh, known you for a long time. This has to have been a whirlwind of emotions for you. So, uh, you know, as the clock ticked down and it hit zero and you knew that you had the win and you'd preserve the bowl streak and the players had done that, just kind of what ran through your mind, Odell? Uh, you, you know what? It's, 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 it's not about the bowl streak, really. It's about the kids being settled and going out doing the best they can do. That's what it's about. It's not about me being an interim head coach. It's about our players going out doing the best they can do and letting the scoreboard take care of itself. That's what it's about. I'm so happy for them. How tough was this week to keep everybody focused and even the last 24 hours? It was tough. But we bounced back. We was built stronger for it. We're built stronger for Florida State through the years. You know, this place is it's on solid foundation. It wasn't built on sand. Well said. What were you most pleased with with the way the team played today? Well, we went out. We took command of the game. We lapsed a little, but then we regained command. The resilience of our football team, our coaching staff, that's what I'm proud of. How'd you like the view out there at the 50 instead of back where the D-line sits? <laughs> I, you know, I, I really didn't think about it. I was just looking. That's it. I, you know, I come in on it. I really didn't think about it. I was just looking, making sure, observing, looking at things. We're going to go through a couple weeks here, uh, you know, days, weeks, however long it is. There's going to be some uncertainty. I know coaches are moving on, and, you know, there'll be a new coach coming in. Uh, what do you see as your role right now in terms of just keeping the team together and focused and getting through the bowl? Make sure we finish strong in the classroom. We do what we're supposed to do off the football field. That's my focus in recruiting. Coach, congratulations to you. Thank you much. It wasn't just the players. It's everybody associated with Florida State that was really happy for Odell, including our colleague William Floyd, who came downstairs, gave him a big hug. Corey Simon talked to him. Anybody who's worn the garnet and gold or been around Florida State, despite everything that happened this week, and we'll get to that, uh, it, was a, it was a proud moment for Odell. Uh, the thing that tickled me is uh, how many uh, Powerade baths he got. <laughs> they, they found a way to get three, uh, what do we call them, barrels, whatever they're called, three barrels of juice. Uh, on him before he got off the field. 
Uh, and I, like the others that you've mentioned, uh, I've known Odell a long, long time. I televised a number of his games uh, when I was back uh, doing uh, games for Sunshine Network in the old days and uh, been around him forever. Uh, my words to him were very simple and maybe maybe um, inappropriate is not the right word, but you know, everyone else telling him how much they loved him and how much uh, they appreciated him. Uh, I told him how proud I was of him because uh, he's had to step in in some pretty difficult and trying times for a man that, that believed in him first in Coach Bowden and then in, in Coach Fisher that kept him on the staff. And uh, he has a legacy here, and I wanted him to know that as a former player, uh, he represented what we all represent or try to represent. And uh, I love Odell, yes, but my words to him were that I was proud of him and that he represented our institution well. Let's be honest. There was an awful lot of distractions this week for that team. And it wasn't until Friday after you spent the whole week practicing that uh, you had some resolution. And then you had 24 hours to try and get your head straight, less than 24 hours really for the players and for the coaches. I mean, these coaches are human, too. I know they're well compensated. But, you know, just as seniors are going to move on from this team and some players may transfer depending on the new coach or may turn pro early. Uh, the coaching staff is being disassembled, too, and those guys won't coach together again. So uh, this was not the easiest of circumstances, even if the opponent was not the same caliber as FSU. Everyone will say that the coaches are professionals, and as you mentioned, they're well compensated, so therefore this should be no big deal for them. they got to show up, they got to go to work, they got to do their job. Well, it doesn't work that way in athletics. Yes, all of that is true. But there's also an element in athletics that make athletics different. And I'm not talking about just football, other sports included, where you, you are, you are doing things in an extended period of time with people where, where you're sweating, you're yelling, you're screaming, uh, you got highs, you got lows, uh, you've got, uh, coaches who have to deal with kids who flunk an exam or oversleep uh, for a class or whose girlfriend breaks up with them or whose grandfather or parent passes away while they're in school. And, and those coaches have to react to all of those things. So, yes, it's business, and, yes, it's a job, but athletics very unique in the relationship between players and coaches. And this coaching staff showed a great deal of professionalism and showed a great deal of character as men to continue to be focused and to whatever degree one or more of them will be here during the bowl practice and the bowl game. Uh, they've represented and, and, and comported themselves well, and, and I'm proud for and of them. You and I have had the opportunity to spend time with, with the majority of, of the men on this staff, some much more than others, uh, but as a unit, um, they, like the players, uh, performed well on Saturday, and they made you proud to be a Florida State Seminole and for them to be associated with the program. Odell gave a great talk to the team afterward, and he had finished up, and then he came back and he said, one more thing. He said, guys, we're not looking back. We're looking forward. And there was an awful lot of raw emotion in the room at that comment, as obviously you've got to turn the page. That's where it goes. Uh, we will hear from Alec Eberly and Derwin James coming up. Uh, also, Stan Wilcox, Florida State wins. They're bowl eligible. And uh, so that's a reason to celebrate. And what better place to celebrate than at Kush's Bayou Rouge? They will be catering for the coaches today. So you can eat the same food the coaches are eating. But you can do so uh, with your family and friends at uh, Kush's Bayou Rouge. It's on uh, Thomasville Road, just past Cary Forest, left-hand side. I encourage you to head on down and uh, and have a good time. 
We will talk offense when we come back. Florida State wins the game 42-10. to We are just getting started here on Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. FSU wins it 42-10 to over ULM. Game was never really in doubt, and, you know, Again, Florida State has the better team, the better talent than Louisiana Monroe. But I wasn't really sure how this game was going to go. And I think the fact that, and we just heard from Odell, that Odell was the interim coach really settled things because the the, the players went out and played for him. And offensively, it, it was, wasn't the sharpest performance for Blackman, who had two interceptions. But you could see that Florida State pounded on the ground, got a pair of backs over 100 yards apiece, went over 500 yards of total offense. It was a nice effort. Well, we're going to focus on the offense, but I'll start by saying the first thing that happened that was correct is uh, Florida State won the toss and deferred, and defense went in and got a three and out. So they turned the ball over to FSU's offense. Florida State scored for maybe just the second or third time all year on the first drive of the ball game. And then they came right back out in the third quarter, got the kickoff because they had deferred, and scored on the first drive of the third quarter. And by my recollection, Tommy, that's not been done the entire year. So those are things that you take from the book, extract from the book that says that your kids are focused, uh, they understand the game plan, and they've gone out and executed the game plan. Uh, Over 500 yards of total offense, uh, had some uh, spectacular catches, uh, had had a couple of drops, uh, had, as you mentioned, two backs go over 100 yards each. Uh, and I thought Blackman was 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 very manageable. Uh, one of his interceptions, I think you go back and look at the tape, and he was hit as he was releasing the ball. Uh, the other one was just a poor decision. He he made the, the decision to go the wrong way with the with the ball, uh, but he was certainly serviceable. And uh, the offensive line played well, uh, to my recollection. He was not sacked, and uh, he didn't have any turnovers other than the two picks. Nobody laid the ball on the ground. So, a workmanlike game offensively, and we'll take it. I uh, wish we could go back and play a couple of three games over and take some workmanlike things, uh, but uh, the, the football gods don't let us do that. I feel like we've talked about Jacquez Patrick this year, but probably not given him his due. He finishes with 19 carries for 155 yards, uh, had a couple of catches for 38 yards, so he was nearly 200 yards of total offense for himself, scored a couple of touchdowns. You know, this is a guy that had surgery in the middle of the season and missed, what, maybe one game, maybe it was two, but but he has brought a toughness to the offense. The offense just looks tougher, more physical when he's out there, which is because of the way he totes the football. When you see him finishing runs, the first first kid, I say kid, I don't know what, one year or even two years difference only, but the first kid that's paid attention to what Patrick's done is Cam Akers because you see him finishing runs in, in ways and fashions that a quarterback last year in high school and a freshman at the Division One level just doesn't do. And the other thing that happens, Tommy, it's just like last year when when Jacquez, uh, when uh, excuse me, um, uh, the quarterback, help me, but, uh, Francois. Francois, God, he hasn't played this year, and he's left. My Sounds mind. like, yeah. <laughs> Apologies, but when Francois would pick himself back up from getting knocked down, that speaks to the offensive line and the way that Patrick and the way that uh, Cam now finishes. Their runs speaks to the offensive line. They see that in the film room. They see that when it when it's being exhibited, and it has an effect on you. So, yeah, I think overall, as the year went on, a much tougher offense uh, than would have been the case if, if Patrick hadn't been doing his part. 
After the game, I had a chance to talk with Alec Eberly, who's been a captain. He addressed the team beforehand. He's been a three-year starter. And uh, obviously, we probably got more into the X's and O's of the game. The real storyline here continues to be Florida State transitioning as the coach search goes on. And uh, it was not the easiest of weeks. So um, let's listen into this conversation and bear in mind, if you didn't see it or you're not aware, that the offensive line carried Rick Trickett off the field, and that's where I started uh, my conversation with Alec. There's a lot to uh, to unpack here, but I'll start with the the scene I saw at the end of the game there, the offensive line carrying Coach Trickett off the field. Uh, you know, Coach Trickett has been at this an awfully long time, and he's a tough coach, so just tell me the emotions uh, from the offensive line to salute their, literally salute, salute your general. Well, you know, everybody like always asks you, how does it feel to play for you know a hard coach? The coach is always going to ask your best and be disciplined on you and really get after you, and the thing is, you know, we all respect him for that. We all respect him for what he's done for this country, for what he's done for this program and programs across the country. So, I mean, to get the chance to play for him is a huge honor um, through the ups and downs. You know, I've been I've been on the starting line for three years now. I've been here for four. Um, some other guys have played here for a while. And, you know, Coach Trickett recruited me. He brought me in this program. He's the one that gave me a shot, him and Coach Fisher. And so the amount of respect I have for him is, you know, you can't, you can't even count it. But it's just so much, and the O-line feels the same way. And like I said, you like well, like you said, he's our general, he's our commander, he's the one that you know puts the, the hours in. And I mean, we're putting in four or five hours a day. That man's putting in sixteen hours a day. He's waking up early at four thirty every day, leaving the stadium last nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. He's constantly putting the work in. And you know, to get the opportunity to be here for what could possibly be his last game, we don't know what's going to happen, but we felt it was necessary to you know to carry our general off the field, carry our coach off the field, and. Um, you know, it's just we thought that would show respect for him and, you know, to show how much we cared about him. How difficult was it to stay mentally focused this week given the circumstances? And you guys went out and played well, but with everything that's gone on this week, I mean, just kind of your emotions and, and, and how you guys were able to keep it together. Well, you know, it's, I mean, you can, it's, it'd be easy to sit here and say, you know, we didn't let it get to us. But, of course, everything going on took a toll on the team this week. But, you know, I talked to some of the guys later in the week and today, and I was like, look, guys, it is what it is. You know, we all we all we got. There's the guys in this room, you know, the coaches that are here, that's what we got. The people you never know who's supporting us, never know who's doubting us. And, you know, so we felt the need to go out there and play for each other, play for these coaches and play for everybody that supports us. And so we had to put those distractions behind us. Not even myself, I can admit, I was a little I was a little, you know, shaken up, a little off about it. And it took me a minute to get my head right and get where I needed to be. Um, so I think that we did a good job stepping up and playing through um, the adversity. I know that this season you didn't ultimately achieve what the goal was, obviously, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But that bowl streak was hanging out there, and you guys needed to complete a three-step process that Coach Fisher talked about starting three weeks ago, and that was winning the last three. So uh, to know that you preserved that legacy that was established by a lot of guys that have been in this locker room before you, what does that mean? Well, it was funny. Well, it's not funny. It's serious because that's one of the things I said to this team. I said, you know, all these things that are going on, this team's going to be remembered for two things, or one thing, whether we carried on that streak or we ended that streak. And I said, I know I don't want to walk out here being that team that ended the streak, and I'm pretty sure you guys don't want it to be either. And so, of course, that 35 and 40, that was in the back of our heads the whole time, but today it was up front. Today this is like a playoff game for us. Either we're going to keep that streak going or it's going to end the day. And, you know, that's one of the main things we had to focus on was, you know, we had to, fo- we have to get our minds right, go out there and play, play for each other, play for the school, play for this legacy of the school, and play for that streak to keep it alive. Well, congratulations on getting that one done. you got one more streak to uh, one more box to check in the bowl game, and best of luck there. Thank you so much. Have a good one. 
So Alec Eberle, uh, obviously a well-spoken kid, has been the uh, the most vocal of the offensive players this year. And, uh, you know, now it's incumbent on him and others. We're going to be in this gray area for whether it's a couple days or longer. And then if you get a head coach, you're still gonna, not going to necessarily know, is anybody from the current staff still on the staff? And, uh, you know, I'm curious when you look at this offense, Keith, on paper you have everybody back except Rick Leonard. But who knows how it shakes out? Some guys may want to leave. They may not be, uh, you know, maybe it's a playing time issue. Maybe in Auden Tate's case, he thinks that he's ready to turn pro. Uh, maybe with two quarterbacks, maybe they both don't want to bat. I mean, you, there's just a lot of unknowns right now. And Alec and, and the rest of the upperclassmen need to make sure that this team stays together right now and, and wait it out. We're in the social media age. You can, you can take a breath and wait it out and, and then make some decisions. I agree. And, and those decisions are not going to be made until after the bowl game. So the focus, in the short term, is to get prepared for the bowl game. You get 15 more practices, an opportunity to play together as a unit. I want to go back to the tricket thing one time, uh, uh, Tommy. Um, you know, Rick has taken a lot of flack over the years from people who said, we did this well, why can't we do something else better? Uh, sometimes we didn't run the ball well. Sometimes it was pass protection. And he's a hard-nosed guy. He's a, he's a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. He's an older guy, 69, 70 years old. You know, uh, really, really uh, used the phrase stuck in his ways, but committed to his way of doing it uh, because he's been doing it so long. But you saw some true affection of the players, from the players, to pick him up and carry him off the field. And you saw some true raw emotion from Coach Trickett because he kept his head down, kept the bill of his cap down because he was crying. This is a 69-year-old Marine that is showing some raw emotion for the program, for the kids he's coached, for the legacy that he's left here. Uh, I know he hurts for his friend Jimbo. They are very close, but it is also business, and you've got to make decisions. Uh, but you saw him let his guard down and let and show, showed him being real, and that's what the kids know. The kids see that every day, not that he cries every day at practice. He doesn't cry. He hollers at them. <laughs> Pardon me. But but they know that his, his heart's in the right place. They know that his heart is in helping them to get better. And he may be hard-nosed. He may be hard to get along with. He may grate on your nerves sometimes with his mannerisms. But you can't question his motive. His motive is to make the kids better. Two last points as we wrap up on offense. One, Cam Akers with 117 yards is uh, within – Pretty solid striking distance of Dalvin's record. I didn't compute the math, but he's going to need 75 yards or something like that in the bowl game to, to get the rookie uh, or the freshman rushing record. And two, and we've seen bits and pieces of this on his punt returns, but that touchdown catch by D.J. Matthews and some of the shiftiness he showed, uh, he's got a – I don't use this name lightly. He's got a little Peter Warwick to him with the put the foot in the ground and the hip wiggle. And uh, those two guys alone – Whoever the new coach is, you can build an offense around, and, and, and Patrick, all guys that are going to be back next year. Very much so, and that's another thing we've talked about. We'll develop it more. Uh, Jimbo did not leave the cupboard bare. Uh, this is not a situation where he ran out and there's not any talent left. There's some kids that can play some ball, and whoever Florida State's next head coach is uh, is going to have some kids he can work with. 
No question about it. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We are halfway home here on Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. We'll come back and shift our focus to the defensive side of the ball and hear from Derwin James right after this. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Florida State wins it 42-10. to Again, we're not going to get too technical into the uh, breaking down this game. Uh, the score, pretty indicative of how one-sided the game was. The defense, I thought, played well. Now, this is a team that averages a little over 40 points a game. Granted, it's not against the same caliber competition. So, to compare apples and oranges, uh, you know, I mean, they, they scored 14 against uh, Auburn, I think. And, the, and the, the one touchdown they scored against Florida State was on a short field. So, it was a pretty good effort. Very much so. Uh, they threw the ball 47 times. They run that run-pass option uh, as good with their personnel as anybody I've seen. Uh, they never quit. In fact, you could almost say that this was a very scrappy bunch because they were picking some fights in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, they weren't backing down from Florida State's personnel in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Uh, they were just overmatched. Uh, and, and Florida State had come into the ball game very well prepared defensively. They gave up a couple of big plays. There were some other plays that could have been made when a ball was overthrown or underthrown, that type of thing. But you've got to be very, very pleased uh, with Coach Charles Kelly's defensive effort. And, and obviously we need to start with the defensive line of Coach, uh, of which Odell Higgins is responsible. Uh, I, I thought Naughty and, and Christmas and, and Freddie Jones. Fred Jones had two huge plays that he blew up in a row exactly uh you know and i i thought they played extraordinarily well and and that's not that they hadn't been playing poorly in the past they played well in the past as well uh it's just hard to get big numbers against an offense that does what this offense does uh because you're always having to read and, and chase down and that type of thing and i thought overall the performance was great yeah, I would agree with that. And looking at the uh, ledger for this year, that is the fewest points that that offense has been held to. Auburn beat them 42-14 two weeks ago. Florida State beats them 42-10. to So they did the, what they were supposed to do. Maybe the only uh, negative would be that there was uh, no turnovers uh, created by Florida State. And those, you know, we got four of those last week against Florida. But all in all, 300 yards of total offense allowed, which is on 69 plays. So 4.2 yards per play or something like that. It, it was a good effort for the for the defense. Uh, so, again, let's go back to the bigger picture question, which is getting focused, <laughs> minding your P's and Q's in light of the fact that the day prior you found out that your head coach was leaving. Uh, I, I tip my cap to the defense and the whole team for rallying around Odell, and that's a recurring theme, and, and performing and doing what they needed to do. Particularly, again, defensively looking at this offense in a game which uh, I discipline, uh, a, a pet phrase that Coach Fisher's, uh, and, and doing your job and not trying to do more than your job uh, was was paramount. Uh, you saw some kids get in there all the way down to the third team. I saw some folks out there, and I was having to help Gene find on the on the depth chart relative to some playing time, which is always a good thing. That helps team morale. And, and I think Florida State just came out, and they were in, they they did what they needed to do. They're in a good position, and, and I think this coaching search, I think this uh, waiting to hear where we go from a bowl game perspective, getting ready for the bowl, going to the bowl, and then seeing what happens with the new staff coming in relative to recruiting and that type of thing. Uh, I mean, I, I think things are pointing in a very positive direction for Florida State right now, despite, Tommy, let's be fair, despite we've lost our head coach and we're 6-6. Six and six, I still think you factor everything else in together, and this is a, this is a good time for Florida State football. 
you can't express enough, and we've talked about it in some of our other uh, outlets and other shows. This job is in a much – it's a much more desirable job than it was when the transition from Bobby to Jimbo happened. It just is. that. In in hindsight, you really can appreciate that more. Think of the – A, the roster – uh, has a lot more talent on it now than it did during that transition. B, there's an indoor practice facility. There's new coaches' uh, offices. There's a players' lounge. The locker room's been redone. The infrastructure's better. I mean, it, uh, across the board, th- this uh, job is is much better than what it was when Jimbo got here. Well, all you've got to do is look at the fact that in in three of the four years before Jimbo was named the head coach, and granted, he was the offensive coordinator for three of them, but in three of the four years prior, Florida State was seven and six. Well, you go back to last year, and and that finished up a run of five or six New Year's Six bowl games, a national championship four years ago, appearance in the playoff the first year that it came around. And, yeah, this has been a a tough year. This has been a year that you had 21-day layoff. You had hurricanes. You had uh, games in which inches uh, did come into play. Um, you had situations where you you showed you just didn't even show up in the Boston College game. How do you explain that? I don't know. But yet here we are at six and six, an opportunity to win a ball game, a bowl game, and go seven and six. But the cupboard's not bare, and, and the fans, although the the turnout was not great for this ball game, and that's understandable because it was scheduled at the last minute. You know, Florida State only played. This is the ninth time FSU's ever played a home game in December. They're just very infrequent and very rare. Uh, But yet there's an excitement, I think, about folks looking at the Florida State program. I'm excited to see what happens in bowl prep and and what bowl we end up with and how they prepare for the bowl game and then what happens afterwards. It's a good time to be a Florida State Seminole, Tommy. All right, so more on that conversation in a minute. But moving it back to defense, one guy that will be tough to replace, assuming he moves on, and we don't know that yet, is Derwin James. We would presume he is going to move on. He's a surefire first-round pick. He's been uh, the unquestioned leader of this defense, led the team in tackles yesterday with 12 more, uh, has really played well the second half of this season. And I talked to him about not so much about the game, but more about the clutter and the distractions. And here's that conversation with Derwin. Derwin, we'll talk about the game in a moment, but uh, let's talk about this week. How difficult was this week for you guys? Man, it was tough, man. You know, just going through it with my brothers, you know, We've been through a lot this whole season. And, you know, to lose our head coach, you know, it was like, it was very tough. And, you know, people took it really tough during the week. So you, we was able, luckily we was able to, you know, put it aside and, you know, continue continue the history that came before us, you know, 35 consecutive bowl, 40, uh, 40 winning season. So, you know, we wanted to keep that going. So. Well, there was a lot of emotion, and I know that uh, Coach Higgins talked about that, too. That bowl streak, you know, you now, you've now you broken the tie with Nebraska, so that's the longest bowl streak in the history of college football. That's that's uh, something to be proud of. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, uh, you know, coming into the season, you know, we had bigger hopes and dreams, and, you know, you know, just things didn't just go our way, you know. Had a cu- couple curveballs during this year, you know, a couple things we battled, you know, so, but, you know, this team didn't quit, you know, we, we, we got the, we, we came together, you know, and it was just great finishing this season. Tell me about winning one for uh, for Odell. I mean, there was a lot of emotion in there. You can see that he's respected and loved by everybody on this team. Oh, man, man, just Odell. When you think of Florida State, you think of guys like old Coach Odell, man, because, you know, he's, he, he's been here as a player. He's been here for over 20 years as a coach. And, you know, he just he just lays it on the line. You know, he believes going and goal. When he really say love is the reason for the fight, you know, he really, he really mean that. And, you know, it was just great going out there, just playing for him and, you know, just – just get, getting a win. 
What were the keys defensively? You held them to 10 points. Obviously, defense uh, played pretty well. The one score they got came on a short field. All in all, pretty good job. Oh, it was just us just being us, man. Just Coach Kelly, Coach Kelly, and uh, Coach Miller, Coach Long, all those, all our coaches during the week preparing us. Um, you know, they couldn't run the ball. You know, D line did what they're supposed to do, and you know, they had a couple big passes on us. But we was able, you know, to manage it down and you know get our offense on the field so they can put up points. So it's a good win. Final thought, and I've, I've asked you a little bit about you know some of the distractions of of this year previously, but now you're in a situation where. Everybody's in a waiting game. You don't know who the new head coach is going to be, and I'm sure um, lots of guys have questions right now. You've got a bowl game to play. How do you make sure that everybody stays together? Because, uh, you know, it's one of those things you can't control what's going to happen. You just got to wait and see. Uh, just focus on what's important. Focus on the task ahead of you, know. No matter who's coaching, you know, we're going to have a coach. We're going to have somebody there. we got other coaches around us, you know, position coaches that's going to prepare us for the for the game. So it, it, it'll be good. It'll be good. Darwin, it's, uh, it's been fun to watch you play this year. Thank you. Another big game for Derwin, and uh, some good comments there from from Derwin as well. As uh, he, just like Alec, and the point we made, will try to keep this defense together. I think there's there's some more questions defensively, Keith. Uh, you know, when when you get to a new coach, you've got some guys that maybe they'd be reinvigorated, and they say, "I'm going to come back for one more year." Then you got other guys that say, "I don't want to learn the whole new thing." And you can make this argument offensively too. But guys that are going to have a decision to make aren't just Derwin. Uh, you know. Maybe Josh Sweat, Tavares McFadden is another guy. I suppose DeMarcus Christmas, you know, had a had a pretty good year. So th- there's going to be a handful of guys that will toy with going pro. And again, you're not going to hear that answer in the next two weeks, but you'll get a bowl game, and then they'll be asked immediately after. Well, and I would tell you that if I had to be a betting man and make a bet now, all four of those are gone. And I think you think DeMarcus Christmas too. I think I think, and, and maybe more more to the point, if I'm a Florida State fan. I need to start conditioning myself that all four of them are gone. Therefore, if one or two of them come back, I'm surprised because I think the reality is that uh, these kids love Charles Kelly, uh, and they did not defensively have a good year. And and maybe, just maybe, that might be a motivating factor to come back, and I want to reestablish myself, and I want to be a part of reestablishing this Florida State defense. But I don't think that outweighs if they all get favorable reports from the NFL. I don't think that outweighs – foregoing and going to the next level because you can just walk away from this. Uh, chances are slim and none that Charles Kelly is going to be back as your defensive coordinator. I, I just don't see a scenario where that happens. So I'm going to part ways with the institution I love and leave with the coach that I love and, and take my game to the next level. I think that's what we need to expect and then be pleasantly surprised if something different happens. My only sage advice, and it'll be their decisions when the time comes, would be just to to let things play out first and look back just one year when Roderick Johnson and and Travis Rudolph both turned pro early and uh, lost a lot of dollars in so doing compared to if they had come back and played this year. Or look back at what Demarcus Walker did do by coming back and how he benefited from that. And that's very sage advice. I I just don't think. The, the parameters are such that they'll do it, but but we'll wait and see. You want some sage advice? I got it for you, KJ. Go to Kush's Bayou Rouge, and uh, remember that it is uh, kid-friendly. It is not just Cajun food. I can't stress this enough. You guys know this. You've been listening to this show all year long. Flavorful. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's not hot. It's, that's the point about Cajun food. Flavorful. But the, the menu is more diverse than that, too. It's flavorful food. It's on Thomasville Road. Um, just past Cary Forest on the left-hand side. Kid-friendly. They'll have the games on today. Also coming soon to College Town. So was that sage advice or what? You're good. 
All right, we'll come back and uh, we'll hear from Stan Wilcox about the coach search right after this. Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday. We will hear from Stan Wilcox momentarily. First, though, we have to give out some uh, honors. A game ball, which Odell did receive in the locker room afterwards. Uh, and congratulations to him. I have a feeling that's where you're headed. Uh, very much so. Time now for our prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. And, of course, uh, the, the recipient of this is Odell Haggins, Florida State's interim head coach. Uh, as we mentioned earlier in the program, uh, had uh, all of us have had an opportunity to chat with him. And my message to him was how proud I was of him and how proud I am of this team to, to uh, keep that bowl streak alive. If you're shopping for a home mortgage, try my bank for the best rate the first time. Prime Meridian Bank, Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and on the web at TryMyBank.com. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS number 393620. Hats off to Odell. All right, as I mentioned, I had a chance to talk with Stan Wilcox. Uh, he, he didn't mention a name specifically, though I did ask him. And uh, before Keith and I pontificate further, let's listen to that interview just about the, you know, the events of the, the tail end of last week and the coaching search that Florida State is in the midst of. Stan, obviously it's been a busy week. It's been an anxious week. Uh, you've been in the middle of all of it. Uh, as the last 24 to 48 hours unfolded, uh, what did you tell the team? What did you say to Coach Fisher as, as it became apparent that he was moving on? And then uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the decision to have Odell serve as the interim coach. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Coach Fisher obviously has done a great job for us here while he was here. Um, you know, national championship, first college football playoff uh and uh, has had a number of kids go into the nfl draft he's done a tremendous job for us and uh uh you know i just uh, you know i told him you know i i really appreciate everything he's done for us and uh, i really wish him well uh in, in his new endeavor and uh you know he uh, he's made history with uh uh, with uh, the contract that he was able to get with Texas A&M. And I can't fault him and I can't fault anybody for that. And uh, all we do is wish him well. And uh, as I talk with the team, uh, you know, I told them similar things. I said, you know, you speak of Coach Fisher, you got to speak of him in high regard because he laid a great, he continued the legacy that was created here by Bobby Bowden and won the national championship and went college football playoff. You know, last year we went to a great bowl game and beat Michigan. He, um, you know, so I told them, you know, so know that he had all of your best interests in, in heart. Uh, and that, uh, but they still have work to do. They they now have to go out and show the show our fans, show all of our supporters that that they are still a team, that they are uh, Florida State football, and that they are going to continue the legacy and the tra- traditions that were built up uh, by Bobby Bowden and all his uh, former players, great players. And uh, so their job is not over. And uh, I told them also that you know, understand not only do you need to get it done on the playing field, but you got to get it done in the classroom. And uh, so we had a great, really good conversation and talk. And uh, and then I, I introduced Odell as their new interim coach. And, and I told them, I said, now this is one of the individuals who's been here for 30 years, who played here, was in your shoes. Uh, he understands Florida State tradition. He understands Florida State uh, football. And he's going to continue to carry you through this year 
and uh, and and I think all of the all of the players understood that. Uh, all of them uh, really appreciated that. Appreciated the fact that they have somebody that were, was in their shoes that's going to be able to lead them today, and uh, hopefully get a win today and uh, go to a bowl game. So, um, you know, the team I think uh, obviously uh, is disappointed and is down. But, uh, you know, making sure that they understand that the program is uh, not, not one person is bigger than one per- this program and that they're all a part collectively. They create and help make this program and they have to come together as a team and continue forward to make sure that we are progressing as a as an organization. Their job is not done. Your job is not done. I know you're busy right now. The obvious question is, uh, what can you tell us about time frame for a new coach, qualities you're considering, candidates you might be considering? Sure. You know, uh, time frame was yesterday, (laughs) which I had somebody in place already. But, you know, um, one of the things that we were doing, you know, in the in the interim, as as Coach Fisher was trying to uh, make his mind up, you know, we had already started our process. We had already started vetting a number of individuals and uh, doing background checks. Uh, uh, We were doing a number of things. Uh, So I think we're in a really good place now where we uh, we got a good focus on, I think, who we want to target and uh and now we're going to just just try to move forward we had a great uh conference call with our booster board and uh you know listen to some of their concerns and their thoughts as to what they feel and believe should be um and uh, the qualities of this next person to lead uh, lead our program and uh i'm working with uh with president thrasher and uh, our chairman uh ed burr to uh to make sure that we find the right person that's going to lead, uh, continue to lead this program uh, into the future, into great, uh, we, we have a number of great things that we still have to accomplish and we will accomplish. And uh, so we're looking for somebody that looks at this as uh, their dream job. And uh, hopefully uh, we will find that person and that person, again, will be with us for a long time and uh, win a lot of ACC championships and NCAA championships. And that's our goal. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Tom. Obviously, uh, Stan wasn't going to just tip his hand and say, here's who we're calling first. Despite what you read and everybody that says they're in the know, they're keeping this pl- pretty pretty close to the vest on it. Uh, I do know one thing, Keith, and this is the way it should be. Uh, Florida State, unlike, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, unlike when they transitioned to Jimbo and maybe the job wasn't as desirable, it's very desirable now. And they're not considering assistant coaches or coordinators because this is a job that existing head coaches want existing Power 5 conference head coaches want. And so that's where they're starting the search. And if they go 0 for 3 or whatever, then they'll move down from there. But they're going to get, you know, uh, Jimbo came in and was never a head coach. Some of the names out there have been coaches for years. And I think the other part that we're never going to know about, unless unless Thrasher or Wilcox decides to share, is who called them. Because we know anecdotally and, and to my way of thinking, factually of a couple of sitting head coaches that no one has ever talked about hadn't been on anybody's list that have had their agents actually reach out to Florida state and say that their clients were interested in, in being considered for the job. So I, I think that's indicative of exactly what you're pointing out. Uh, this is a desirable destination. There are people that want to come here and there are people that want to come here and end their career here. Now I do think, and we've talked about this and, and I think uh, if you had to list a parameter or a, a set of guidelines that FSU is using, along with the, the, the firm that they've hired to help them with. You know, you're looking for a guy in the 40 to 45-year range. 
uh, of age. You're looking for a guy that has head coaching experience. You're looking for a guy that does know how to recruit. And the guys that are looking at the job that would fit that mold, I would hope you'd have conversations with them like, well, can you see yourself staying here 20 years? Can you see yourself retiring here? Uh, This is not a stepping stone to something else. In many respects, this is a destination job. And as a result, uh, the hire is important. And you may be making a hire that, remember, you haven't had to do this in 42 years. You might not have to do it again for another 20. Exactly. And so uh, I don't know if they'll – maybe there'll be news this week. And uh, Keith and I are recording this after the game on Saturday, for those of you listening. So the landscape could have changed. But – you know, I think it'll it take a couple days. It, if it stretches a little bit longer, I wouldn't get too alarmed by it. They're they're going to get a good quality coach in here who's going to have a, a stacked roster. One other thing I'll add uh, on the way out here, Keith, and uh, the if you're listening to the evening version of this show, the FSU football awards banquet is taking place, and uh, you know that's sort of a that's a farewell is what it is for coaches as we talked about for players. Uh, that, you know, Jimbo used to say that after, you know, the shelf life of a team is one year and after that, everything changes. Well, everything's changing here. You don't know if any of these coaches are back. You don't know who's leaving. And so it'll be a, a bittersweet award ceremony that I happen to be the MC for it. And I, and I applaud you for doing that and my condolences for doing that. I'll be interested in a report on Wednesday on how that turned out. Uh, I know this, William Floyd and I talked about this in the, in the, uh, uh pregame. Uh, if there was some way to bottle, at my age, 58, 59 years of age, if there was some way I could bottle and and give to these players uh, what it means after the fact, where while they're sitting there right before kickoff of this game today, when Odell's addressing them right before they go out onto the field, if there was some way to impart to them how important that particular moment is, because that moment will never get created again. Those group of kids will never be together again, despite reunions, despite uh, get-togethers, uh, even despite the bowl game. That particular group of kids and that particular moment will never be assembled again. But it's a group that they will remember for their lifetime. And if they could just drink that in and, and take all of that in and then take that and turn that into effort out on the field, and, and to the most part they did. Uh, That would be my wish for them because you have no idea how special that time is and how special that moment is. And at 21, 22, 18 years of age, you're really just not mature enough to appreciate it. You do when you get older. And thus concludes, KJ, another season of Front Row Knowles Seminole Sunday because uh, we only do this during the season. Uh, And we'll figure it out next year if we're going to do it again or do it year-round. But I think we're done here. Or which one or both of us are back. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We don't know that at this point either. It's been fun. We will be back on Wednesday night, though, and I'm sure that uh, there will be plenty of rumors that uh, will have been chased down or been erroneous, or maybe there'll be a coach by then. Maybe we'll make up some. Well, that's never stopped anybody else. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you on uh, Wednesday night.